episode 57, Confident Employee Engagement Strategy. Welcome to Gut Plus Science, analytics about people, insights for executives, truth you can act on, a high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. All right, it's good to be back. Hey, it's Nikki, and we're here on Gut Plus Science today to talk about my favorite thing, employee engagement. So get this, according to the state of the global workplace, companies with the highest engagement scores see this kind of impact. So before I go into them, they looked at companies with highest levels, medium levels average, and bottom lower levels. And we're looking at the top companies and how they perform differently. So get this, 17% higher productivity, 20% higher sales, 21% higher profitability, 41% lower absenteeism, 70% fewer safety incidents, 40% fewer quality incidents, and then get this on turnover, 24% lower turnover in high turnover organizations. So those with like typically 50% or more turnover, and then 59% lower turnover in the lower turnover organizations. So those that typically have less than 50% turnover. Uh, that's kind of a big deal. Who doesn't want some of that? So here's the ROI for all of you that ask, what is the ROI of employee engagement? I get that question all the time. There's some of our statistics and I can send you more. If you, if you want to email me, I'm going to throw out my email a couple times today and I'd be happy to send those over. That's just the 2019 report. So this year's study of top companies versus those that average or below average on engagement stores, and that's how they're outperforming. Pretty cool. Okay, so on this episode, I want to talk about how to take the squishy or nebulous term employee engagement and define it. So everybody's talking about it, but what is it? Let's help you understand how to build an employee engagement strategy that you're confident in and that proves ROI on the show today. And I want you to know what to prioritize. So we're going to do just that right now. Okay. So first of all, let's level set on employee engagement. We've asked so many people that have been on the show, what is employee engagement? And we've heard a lot of definitions and, you know, I've been pretty obsessed with this topic for quite some time, well over a decade now, but I want to give the credit to Amplify for helping me with this definition. It's the best one I've seen. And it goes like this, an employee's intellectual and emotional connection with an employer demonstrated by motivation and commitment to positively impact the company vision and goals. I'm going to read that again. An employee's intellectual and emotional connection with their employer demonstrated by motivation and commitment to positively impact the company vision and goals. So if you break that down, we say it's a head, heart, and hands connection to the purpose of the business and the reason it exists. So if we think about, you know, how does that play out in real life? So if I think poorly about the business, I probably don't show up and do my very best work. If my heart isn't in the purpose of the business or the outcome of what the business does, I probably don't show up and do my very best at work. And finally, if I get kind of exhausted about what the business is trying to do and don't see the clear 
entire picture. Ultimately, it's affecting what my hands are doing or the the physical things that I come to work to do and just not giving my very most. And so um, we look at employee engagement very differently than satisfaction. So in the past, people would measure satisfaction as their kind of litmus test on if people are going to stay. But we want people leaning in, innovating, coming up with these new ideas and really engaging and bringing a lot of energy. When we're satisfied, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're innovating or bringing much energy. We're just going through the motions. And who wants an average employee? The average tenure today is two years and we don't want that. We don't want the average. You know, sometimes I say to people, hey, we've got to embrace the time that people are there because it could be a really good thing that they're at two years moving on to the next uh, next step. But that shouldn't be the average in our organization. And so we really have to um, spend time understanding what is it that unlocks that head, heart, hands connection. So got lots of tools for you today, but now we're going to look at what is the core of someone's ability to engage at work? And that's meaning. So if I find meaning in my work, or, you know, Simon Sinek's uh, wonderful tech TED talk about start with why, or his book about uh, all about defining your why. What is your why? It's going to unlock your greatest energy. So one part of this is an employee's understanding of what brings them meaning to their work. And we have four potential answers. And some people have a hybrid of more than one. So it doesn't have to be just one of these, but think of this as kind of like an assessment. Okay. So there's four things that bring meaning to why we work at a big picture. Number one is purpose. So the purpose of the actual work I'm doing or the purpose that the business affects in this world is what fires me up and why I am motivated to come to work. So some people, you know, you think about um, people that are in the nonprofit world, many times they're in nonprofit work because of the cause you know, that impacts the elderly, that him impacts the homeless. Or let's say, um, I've got an example. My brother, you know, since he was three years old, he was uh, riding around or buying, you know, toys that were road equipment, like backhoes and trucks. And, you know, today he's the COO and actually went into that role when in his 20s of a construction company, a road construction company. Like that is his purpose in life. He was born for that. Some people say, I was born knowing that I wanted to be a police officer and they followed that. And that is just ultimately knowing like that is the work that they were set out to do in life. Not all of us have that strong of a conviction for what we do and and that's okay. Some people really embrace status in their job, like the title that they have, the success path that they have to grow in this company. Status is their thing. That is the second of the four. Um, That is really important to them. And sometimes we go through phases in life where status is our big thing and we have to embrace whatever that why is at any given time. Third is money. Some people's number one, and people ask all the time, you know, where does money fall in the overall scheme of things as far as why people stay engaged? You know, it's down the page on average, but there are many people that a big reason they come to work is for the money. Is that a bad thing? No, not, I mean, maybe there are some examples of where it could be bad, but for the most part, um, all of these things have very positive impact. And let's just say that um, someone comes to work, they are the primary breadwinner, their spouse stays at home and homeschools six kids, and that was their dream. Ultimately, the reason that they work is to be able to provide for those seven other people that aren't providing for the family. And so there's many different dynamics about that. Some people are huge philanthropists and they use the work that they do to be a uh, a wonderful platform to be able to give back to that uh, nonprofit initiative that they do outside of, of their primary job. And fourth is influence. So there are 
people out there that what brings them alive at work is the ability to coach other people, to lead other people, to teach other people. So you think about um, certain uh, individuals that they love training and teaching, that, that that just really fulfills them. And so if we were to promote someone, that that is the reason for their work, that, that, that is where they find meaning, ultimately the influence that they get to have, even though they would get a a, a bump in you know promotion and maybe be overseeing all the trainers. That's not what bring, brings them alive at work, and ultimately their employee engagement is going to struggle. So again, just to to look at these are the core reasons why people come to work. This is what fires us up, and that's purpose, status, money, influence. A number of times that I'll give talks like this, and people kind of look like I have never really thought about that before, or I've been ashamed at why. I get uh, fired up for the work that I do. And none of these are right or wrong. Of course, everything has a place where it could be a bad thing or, you know, a negative thing. I don't like the word bad, but negative. But for the most part, we're looking at, you know, these four things and why people come to work and what really motivates and drives them. And it's a very healthy thing. So helping our people, and especially as leaders, understanding what is the thing, their main thing, and maybe the hybrid of two, maybe even three, that really fire them up to do the work that they do. It's so helpful when we understand what is at the core of our engagement as an individual, A, and then B, when we understand the team members that we work with and respect their meaning, what is it that drives them? And we respect and we hear their story. That's just a really powerful collaborative team building session is to to really understand each person on your team and what fires them up. So as a leader, we're going to transition into really all the things we have to juggle to stay on top of this big word or term employee engagement. As a leader, there's 17 things that science says are at play for people and teams to be engaged. That's a lot. Everything from role clarity to psychological safety to friendships. Um, So we all need these things on different levels. And as leaders, it's important to assess all of these things on a regular basis to make sure that the certain things like, for example, friendships that I just mentioned, some people need that time at work to be able to go to lunch and just be able to have downtime with people that they work with because that's their community. And other people, you know, the most important thing is they have to be so clear in their role. And when things are always changing or there's not clarification on the KPIs that they need to hit, this really drives disengagement. So it's important to know all 17 things. I'm happy to share the other, what, uh, 14 that I didn't mention. I mentioned three of the 17. Happy to share those with you with all of the definitions. Happy to do that. You can email me at Nikki N-I-K-K-I at Amplify, E-M-P-L-I-F-Y.com. Happy to share those. You can look for those in the show notes. So now let's talk about the three dynamics that sustain engagement. So we've talked about what's at the core. We talked about as leaders, all of the things that are at play for our different people uh, to feel engaged, what's important for them. And then there's a couple of things that we have to keep in mind as far as dynamics to sustain engagement of our people. So first of all, the first question is, Am I in the right role? So looking at all of our people and assessing, are they in the right role? Having conversations with them to understand how they feel about that role. And are we seeing them flourish in that role? Number two, do I have healthy relationships with the people that I work with? Do I collaborate with them? Do I um, bring new ideas to the table? Again, as leaders, assessing how they're doing with that and, and also asking them, 
how do you feel about the people that you work with? And, you know, if there are, you know, challenges in working with other people, how do we as leaders help build stronger relationships, uh, team member to team member? And then third, do I believe in the mission of this business? And so that is something that can be a roller coaster sometimes when leadership changes or when new products come out, um, new strategies, we have to check in regularly with our people to make sure that they understand the impact that this business has and what that job that they're doing means to affect the mission of the business. They've got to believe in it. Otherwise, you know, we're, we're probably going towards a path of disengagement. If you don't believe in the mission of the business, it's pretty hard to come to work and be your very best. Now, the reason we named this show gut plus science is because it is important to have both your gut and your experiences and intuition guiding you and science or data to make the very best decisions for what you do to drive engagement. So it's got to be a hybrid. It's got to be balanced. You got to have both really leading with the data and then adding in, you know, your experiences and that intuition and gut feeling, of course. Um, Too many times we make decisions for large groups of people based on just a few people's feedback. And so we're changing the entire direction of the company and what we're doing because three people come complained about something, or we make assumptions because of our feelings, or we read about what our neighbor company is doing and they just got the best places to work award. Not everyone cares for cocktail hours or ping pong tables in the break room. And we've got to study our people, the humans in the workplace, and make the best decisions based on who our people are, the people that work there and what they need. So I told you that I was going to talk to you today about building an employee engagement strategy that you can be confident in. And I know all of you want to go to work as leaders and and do things that prove ROI right? Of course. And so we saw in the state of the global workplace report, all of the things, these great companies that have high engagement are, are getting as results. And we've got to get data on our people to lead that strategy. So let's talk a few best practices about data. Cause sometimes when it's a new thing, it sounds really overwhelming, but let's break it down to some of those very best practices on gaining data. So number one, we've got to have a confidential feedback platform. Very important. So if we think that we're going to go around and do one-on-ones and interview our people to get true, honest feedback, you're going to get some of the story. You're going to get some of the real deal, but there's going to be a lot that gets held back um, because people fear for their jobs when they, you know, share how they really feel or they don't want to get people in trouble. And so it's really important to have confidential feedback platforms. Many of those are out there, uh, but that, that is a very, very key. And so, and also if you're administering the tool and it looks like it's coming from, you know, Sally Joe or Johnny, you know, Jones in the HR department, they're going to question that because, hey, can one of, can either Sally or, or Joe trace this back? It's important to make sure that we've got something that is uh, a third-party tool for truly confidential feedback. Um, next up is we want to do quarterly check-ins to measure against the baseline that we find. And so because all things change all the time, like people, one conversation can throw people down a path of disengagement. Um, we see that some you know, some organizations are like, oh, this manager, you know, he has a hard time getting along with these people and then people quit just, just on a dime. And it's like, it's so important to make sure that we are regularly keeping the pulse on the most important assets of our business, which are our people and asking them for feedback regularly to compile data on a regular basis to make those best decisions. So getting a baseline, measuring regularly, 
I think, you know, best practice from everything that I have researched is quarterly. Cause you think about your business and the KPIs and the, you know, the check-ins that you do for your financials, or your operations, and you're not letting that go past a quarter to check in. Why would we not check in at least quarterly on how our people are doing, especially in grabbing the most important data that's leading indicator on all of those ROI things like productivity and turnover and things. So it might sound like a lot, and it is. There's there's lots of great tools out there that make things simple, like Amplify, the sponsor of the show, that don't supply you with 400 page binders of information. How many of you have done you know assessments, gotten feedback through surveys? You get a 400 page binder. It's still sitting there two years later because it's just so overwhelming. So tools like Amplify summarize things, you know, the trends and the most important areas that can you can tap into to affect change in just a couple pages versus a 400 page binder. And so there's many tools out there. Amplify is um, awesome and the sponsor of this show. And so I would say, if you're looking into it, check out Amplify. Now, remember, no one has time nowadays to fill out surveys, right? In, the, in a, another survey. And so we have to think about this as when we're asking for feedback, the faster and more simpler that we make it, the better. And so the key is to keep it under seven minutes under seven minutes, once a quarter. And, you know, of course, acting on what you find. So that's, that's key. Make it really simple, fast for people to be able to take. And then two, with the time that they're taking, make sure that they understand what you're doing with that data. All right. So those were my tips on data best practices. So finally, I want to say that none of this stuff works unless we truly invest in building relationships with our people. We can't be robotic about this stuff. It's not like a check the box thing. These are people. We need to understand and build relationships with our people. So knowing people's hobbies, you know, leaders, do you know your kids' names? Do you know goals that they have? Um, Do you know their favorite things to eat? You know, people join organizations, they leave managers. We hear that all the time. That quote's out there, alive and well, and data that we see consistently in measuring employees feedback is one of the greatest challenge areas is the managers of the people. And I'm, I am convinced that people leave not just because, you know, the manager didn't have certain skills, but most importantly, because they didn't feel cared about. They didn't feel like they could talk to their leader about what was going on or what they were struggling about, what they felt uncomfortable about, or that they were in the wrong role, or they couldn't collaborate with team members well, or they were challenged to believe in the mission of the business, whatever it is. When you've got a relationship with your people and they come to talk to you as their manager, you guys can solve that together and shift them to a new position or have tough conversation with you know team member to team member, or help them understand what's going on with the mission of the business and how how their work really ties in. Those open, transparent, caring relationships, just that it's number one, it's at the top of the list and we've got to build relationships with our people. So work should be an extension of our life, not a a box or a thing we do because we have to. Let's help our people get on the right seat of the bus, understand why they come to work, what motivates them and build relationships with them. And so, you know, work just becomes an extension of their journey to maximize a, the workplace and at the same time, better be a better version of, of themselves as a human being because they feel like they're making an impact and they feel cared about and they've got a community. So we're going to hear from one of our fabulous people first committed sponsors on gut plus science. And we're going to be right back with my truth. You connect on custom concrete has been creating foundations for the finest homes, commercial buildings, and industrial facilities throughout central Indiana since 1969. Builders, contractors, and homeowners rely on our expertise because so much depends on getting it right. Our knowledge and control of all aspects of the job, from excavation to waterproofing to backfill, means that extra value is built into every project. Codes don't drive our business. Excellence does. See the difference at customconcrete.com. 
All right, we're back on Gut Plus Science. So here it is. Here's the truth you can act on today from this special episode where I got to share so many things that are important to me and what I've been finding about employee engagement. I hope this was valuable. Here are my four pieces of uh, takeaways, truth you can act on. Number one, know why your people work. Purpose, status, money, influence. What a great exercise to do as a team, individually and one-on-ones. Know why your people work. Know why you work. It's so important. Number two, understand and keep a pulse on the 17 components of employee engagement. Scientifically speaking, so proven, there are 17 different things that bring people to work to do their best work of their lives or to show up and to be the best version of themselves. We really need to understand how to keep a pulse on those 17 and in in a pretty simple way. Again, feel free to email me if you want to get the full list of all 17 and all of the definitions. Number three, gain data quarterly to be agile in your people strategy. So, you know, we're right now planning out our next year strategy. Um, We're in Q3 of 2019 right now, and most everybody is planning their 2020 strategy. And so, Is that to say that halfway through the year, because we laid it out the year before, that's what we're going to stick with and do? I think that that's that's a rigid way of looking at things. I think gaining data on a quarterly basis to help you understand what's working and what's not will help you to guide a strategy that's going to make the most impact. And you're going to see the ROI um, that we talked about in the beginning of the show when you're measuring and improving, measuring and changing. So that is um, making sure we do that quarterly. Number four, build relationships with your people, true relationships, understand what's behind the hat they wear at work and really get to know them. So if you listen often, you know, we have rockstar leader guests on the show, always taking new ideas, by the way. So send us all of your ideas. And so I wanted to share with you, we've compiled everyone's favorite books because we usually end this segment with the truth you can act on and then go into, or right before this, we ask our guests for their favorite book or one they'd recommend. Well, guess what? We just compiled everyone's favorite book. So we've got well over 50 on a recommended reading list. And I'd love to share that with you. So that's another thing you can hit me up about if you want a copy of that. Nikki at Amplify.com, N-I-K-K-I at Amplify.com. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. Hit me up on there. It's Nikki and I K-K-I Llewellyn, L-E-W-A-L-L-E-N, would be happy to share any of the resources that we uh, talked about today. So until next week, and you're going to be so wowed with some of our upcoming guests. I am so pumped. I've got a couple that I'm interviewing this week that I'm almost losing some sleep about because I'm so excited. So until next time, Gut Plus Science listeners, we'll see you then. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.